0: Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I want to talk a little bit more about the online uh, church and where I'm starting to see some downsides of it uh, as testimony from some people who were participating therein. So uh, we'll use the term Zoom here just to mean any type of um, digital get-together, digital fellowship, as it were, video conferencing church. Um, Not that I would particularly use it and I don't really advocate for using Zoom because I just think that there's probably more data collection going on there than there should be. Use services like Jitsi if you have the ability to choose which service. But for the purpose of this video I'll use Zoom talking about um, these online churches and this proliferation of online churches. And where this is getting sad is I was in a conference with somebody which actually was on Zoom. I wasn't managing it or had any other control over it. But uh, So they had this Zoom conference there and there was a kid on there who was uh, a teenager, an older teenager. And he had actually said that he was having, uh, he did not like these Zoom meetings at Zoom churches. So his church, of course, closed down and they were doing all of their church services on Zoom and he hates it. He does not feel like he's getting any fellowship or any association, any connection. He feels completely disconnected. Now, there's some people out there that are saying this is part of a greater conspiracy to get people out of the practice of doing church because then, now we've had since almost March in many places, some people have not even been in church for like nine months and you get out of the habit of it. So then they say, when we open churches back up, how many of these people are never going to show back up? The fact is, we do need fellowship. Now, I'm the last person to say your fellowship 100% has to be in a building that says church on it. Um, I believe that you can even get better fellowship in Places like small groups and things like that. But church, nevertheless, is important and we have to go. Now, we have to recognize that the Christians over the years have been the ones who have had the best outcome with handling and dealing with people in the middle of pandemics. We have to understand during the bubonic plague, that is the event that caused the church to grow so much because these people were out picking up the dead bodies that were cast out in the streets and giving them a proper burial because they said, hey, even the pagans need to have an appropriate burial because everybody, Christian or not, is made in the image of God. And that is an important token. But we as Christians here in America, at least, and around the world in many cases, have become largely Passivists, full of fear, full of terror, and oh, we're gonna, we're not gonna meet up because I don't want you know X, Y, or Z person in the congregation to have illness. What I find interesting, though, is when we start looking at evidence, and I'm not necessarily even right now looking at scientific evidence. I'm looking at some anecdotal evidence. Apparently, allegedly, in Los Angeles, there's cases left, right, and center. You've had Grace Community Church; they have been open for a long time, seven thousand people. Now they've never been like, hey, you have to come to church. To avoid this, they do live streaming. You can watch it from home and you're perfectly allowed and there's no shame in doing that. They have outdoor seating set up with screens. But for anybody that's like, I don't really care. I think this is a bunch of nonsense. You can go right on in. They have no social distancing. They have no requirements for masks. And they're just going in and having church. This is in the middle of Los Angeles. Apparently, this hotbed of coronavirus activity. And here's this non-socially distanced, non-mask group of people that has no outbreak. None at all. (laughs) It's amazing. And our church has been open since, I think, maybe May or June. I, we took a couple weeks off to investigate the data, and then we looked at the data and said, eh, the data doesn't really support all this, all this closing down of all of our congregations, and we opened up. And we don't have social distancing. We don't have masking going on necessarily. Whoever wants to wear one can wear one, but there's no requirement of it. There's no sit six feet apart. There's no completely stay away from everybody under the sun. We don't have any of that. We've had no cases, no outbreaks amidst our whole county. Oh, my God, everyone's dying. It's like the only place I see people not wearing masks is in my church. It's the only place we don't see infections. <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, and I'm not saying that we should all run around and flaunt anything and everything. But what I'm saying is there are groups that want us to get out of the habit of doing church. And so we've gotten into this huge, long habit of not going back in a church so that when the church doors open back up, i like, eh, whatever. And we've become cold. And we have become complacent. And unfortunately, that cold and complacency is where sin can start to have a foothold. And this brings us back to the famous verse in Hebrews 10, 25. We'll read a couple of verses earlier than that. Uh, let's go ahead and start Hebrews 10, 23 down to 25. So it says, let us... Uh Okay, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another in love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembly together, as some have been in the habit, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, Fellowship is what helps us to encourage us to strengthen us among one another. This is critically important. Now, as I said, I don't believe that has to be inside of a church, but I believe it should be connected with a church. And absolutely, it should be connected with a group of believers. Let me rephrase that again briefly, that last point I made, where um, it does not necessarily have to be connected to a church. Some of the greatest times of fellowship have been outside of the church events, but with people that I've known and met through church. That's kind of what I meant by that. And it's critically important that we understand that as Christians, we have to get together. We have to have fellowship. And a Zoom call doesn't matter. What we're seeing right now is with all of these Zoom meetings and Zoom schools, the Zoom education doesn't seem to work. The Zoom meetings, people are just too distracted. And, of course, he had the guy on CNN. He was out there tubing it. Uh, we got a new, news, new verb this year, tubing it. That means he was playing with himself on Zoom. He, whoops, forgot that the Zoom camera was all on and all the people in the co-meeting saw him doing that. Why? Because he was watching porn on one channel and engaging his meeting on the other. And this is what's happening with everybody. This isn't just kids being distracted. Many kids are saying, hey, I have my everything off and I'm just playing video games while I'm in school. I'm not learning anything, not hearing anything, not understanding anything. And this is the type of thing that's going to happen. The same exact thing happens. Even for the couple weeks while we were doing our Bible study over Zoom, just because we didn't know exactly what the facts were, we sat down and even I was half looking at the what the Bible study was doing and half doing a bunch of other stuff. And I'm a fairly focused person. Right? Squirrel. Um, But anyway, uh, what I wanted to indicate and and illustrate by this is that there are are people who are losing all connection with church and fellowship. We're going on and having what was said about in Isaiah. I don't have the reference here. But having a form of godliness yet denying its power. Actually, I think that was a quote from Isaiah in one of the one of the letters from Paul, I think. Uh, regardless, I'll find the quote and put it down. <laughs> okay. So it's uh, denying, um, having a form of godliness yet denying its power. And that's where we are at. And so as I'm having this conference call and here's this, this kid who desperately wants the fellowship of the church and can't have it and is not getting anything out of the online meetings, you say, sure, it's better than nothing to keep everybody safe. Saved from what? This virus has a 99.997% survival rate among the average population. Okay, saved from what? We have to be willing as Christians to examine the facts, examine the actual data, and get out and love the people in the world. And I know they're twisting everything around. Loving everybody means staying away from them and wearing your masks and keeping social distancing. No, that is not love. That is not love. Love is helping and serving and meeting needs. Sure, if you're going into an elderly person's house who has a lot of other comorbidities, you do need to take a few extra precautions. But for the rest of us going around society, that is nonsense. That is a bunch of nonsense. But they're training us to distrust people. They're training us to stay away from each other. They are literally training us to do everything that communist society wants us to do. Mistrust everybody. Assume everybody is out to get us. Assume everybody is bad for us. Isolate as far as possible. That's why I see things like Governor Whitmer's did this last week with the having Santa Claus on with a call telling kids to wear your mask and socially distance and to not... Ha- spend time with your family and to just call them instead? This is socialist propaganda, people. This is socialist propaganda. This is not going to end well when you have trained your children to distrust your whole family. This is exactly what was going on in 1984. Just an FYI. No, not the year, the book. This is where we're at. It's becoming a frightening place. I'm going to tell you guys, Zoom meetings are not working for our church fellowship. We have got to, as long as we are reasonably healthy people, we need to get back together. We need to open up the doors. We need to encourage one another in godliness and in fellowship and in Christian service and in doctrine. That's what we need to do. That is what is going to separate us out from the world. So I want to leave it here today. Thanks for coming along on this daily walk and hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation.